Hey Maggie. Hey Anna, how's it going? It's going well. It feels like it's been a really long time since we chatted. I know, it's sort of, we're kind of coming to the end of the theater season. Everybody's graduating and moving on. Mm -hmm. You know, seasons are ending, and but it's exciting because now we get the... uh, the next seasons to look yeah to. i definitely want to talk about the upcoming seasons with you yes and we have a few plays that we've seen that we want to talk about yeah. for sure right we saw so we both saw cabaret at ucsb yeah and then you saw hunchback of notre dame notre dame, notre dame, notre dame, notre dame. Uh, <laughs> as they say in, in <laughs> illinois indiana uh yeah i want to talk about that so let's do it all right Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I feel welcome. (laughs) To our discussion of cabaret. Yeah, I know. I have a lot of little German trinkets in my house, too. If you've never been here, you probably think, what's going on there? It's cabaret in here all (laughs) the time. It's cabaret in here all the time. (laughs) Well, tell me about cabaret. Okay, so cabaret is a musical based on the writings of, what's his name? Christopher Isherwood about being in Berlin during the kind of sort of formative years of the Nazi party and its ascendancy, right? Mm-hmm. Tragic ascendancy, which we can now look in the rear view mirror and go like, Oh, right. They were dangerous and scary. And the, and, and cabaret depicts a world in which people are kind of downplaying or ignoring or right. Accommodating. To, yeah. yeah. The presence of this virulent racism and kind of, Right. Finding ways to make it okay for them to live in Germany and, and be part of this everything they know. Yeah. And it's an interesting way to look at that political situation because it really uses the tension of the audience knowing yeah. what happens, you know, five years. Because I think that takes place in the, in the, you know, late 30s, early 30s, something like early that. Early so 30s, I think. Before, yeah. you know, it became a big problem. But because the audience is in the modern day, right. they know, like, yeah. oh, it's definitely it, yeah. the dramatic irony it's, is thick. It's going to happen. Yes. But so we see them sort of dealing with kind of brushing it off in the early right. stages of like, oh, you know, it'll. it'll and they're all fun. having fun in a sordid way. They're all right. having, they're all drinking too much and, and doing too perhaps, many drugs yeah, and perhaps having a rock and roll lifestyle yeah, in, in the definitely. Berlin Cabernet. And uh, so we have uh, an American main character. Mm-hmm. Or, or focus character. I don't really know if he's, he's the sort main of the character. entry point character. Yeah, and he he's Cliff. us. Yes, he is us as he goes into Berlin and experiences the exotic and fabulous. Who is the who is the actor who played Cliff? Oh, right. Because um, he did a good job. He I did. He and did. he is apparently not even a drama major, a theater major. He's an English major. I know. And, and that his was an bio, I remember his bio gave nothing away, too. He was like, uh, he made it a, his his bio where we would normally remember every other thing we've seen right, him in right. and like what he majors in mm-hmm. was, he, he kind of repurposed the bio to be a homage to uh, people who are gay, lesbian, transgender. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was like queer and... Which is great, but I wanted to know what other plays you've been in. <laughs> well, darn it! Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, an interesting, interesting casting with this production because uh, this is one of the few musicals that UCSB does. Right. And or has done in a long time. And so I love the fact that they got people from the dance department, people from the theater department. Right. Across well, the board. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it was outside the major. Like this was not. Yeah. This was definitely. A, yeah. Uh, an inclusive experience. It was. No, and I'm thinking that uh, he, that the guy who played Cliff was also in Mr. Burns' post-electric play playing um, the villainous, uh, right. with the hair, with the right. spiky orange hair. What was his name? I Who's that guy? Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. And he was so good in that, too. So I remembered, even if he wasn't going to give it up on his bio... <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> and then uh, we had um, who? Cody. Oh, Cody's. Cody. Some, oh God, his last name. Simensma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, playing her, playing the, the MC. MC, which mm-hmm. is a strange part. Always a very interesting part for a director to cast. Right. 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 Because it has, it has to be somebody who's weirdly charismatic yeah but still very much like on the fringe right a f- you know a fringy sort of culture right. character right in in big culture big shows alan cumming recently mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. him i mean recently maybe 10 years ago or mm-hmm. so played him mm-hmm. and whoo i think that was quite a big production yeah really helps make him a name so it's yeah it's such a, a strange part because his morality is ambiguous that in this production he seemed to have nazi sympathies and then mm-hmm. and then i um at the end and i think we can talk about yeah. the play now because it's done it's over at the end he they they ended with an image of him as a prisoner in in a camp mm-hmm. in the in striped pajamas and everything and then and that was like a still image sort of silent dumb show kind of thing with it with a kind of execution right and then they had another sort of lighting change and moment and then he appeared nude in this sense of you know the the death the the ultimate end of the rise of the nazi party which was you know the death of so many right so many so it's a fascinating play. Yeah. I'm really glad that they put it on. What did you think of it? Your experience. I oh, Overall. I really liked it, and I I thought I was very interested in how the audience around me was reacting to it. Yes, I thought that was fascinating because there were a lot of people in the audience who had never seen it before, yeah. don't know the story, didn't really know what they were getting yeah. into, and they got kind of sucker punched a little at a the little, end. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, like the whole thing, probably. right? Right, because like there was this undergrad. I assume he was an undergraduate. I think that's safe. Sitting maybe far to my right, mm-hmm. and he was like, like in the beginning when it's all like sex scenes and cabaret, you know, yeah, bl- dancing, dancing girls, girls and people on trapeze. Yes, uh, he was like, oh, this is fun. This yeah. isn't the theater I expected to be seeing, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, and then you uh, know, then when uh, it kind of takes its its darker like consequences of being apathetic about politics <laughs> he's like oh oh oh, 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 oh yeah oh <laughs> and then another interesting right in front of you uh-huh. 
in the audience, uh, they were doing a lot of kind of walking around the audience as though we were there at the cabaret, right? Right. Well, a lot of interaction. Including this, the this, audience. Yeah, including the audience. And you know how I feel oh, about being talked God. to or being asked to talk. <laughs> so guy it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> the, the guy like a he- down from you in one row, um, one of the very scantily clad young ladies in the cabaret came up and I think she sat on his lap. Mm-hmm. And then I think she touched his face maybe or there was touching. Yeah, that's the, there was touching. That's bold. And he looked like he was maybe gonna die. Gonna pass out. He was really like, oh, this is this is very bad. That's tough as an actor. Like, how do yeah. you how do you gaze put your gaze right. throughout the audience and decide like who it's gonna be okay to touch on their face mm-hmm. with your hand? Or sit on <laughs> or in your underwear, on. like or in your very tiny underwear. In their ear, or I know. You know, do these sort of intimate things that know. You know, people, especially if you don't know the show and you're not expecting it, you don't understand, like, oh, yeah, I'm going into cabaret, yeah. I actually am an audience of this cabaret. Yeah, because you can be an American audience goer and be used to, you know, especially musicals that are oh, yeah. very you know, they're kind of happening on the stage and they're pretty, they're musical comedy. Yeah. And you're not really expecting, your frame of reference isn't going to be that this seedy underworld character is going to sit on you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean. This is not what I paid for. This is not what I paid for. Yeah, he had kind of a look on him that I was like, oh gosh. Um but I mean that that just made it interesting for me to watch oh, the yeah. audience. Definitely. And um like you're you did a production of it once. So I did. you had a different frame of reference than yeah, I did. Yeah, that that's tough. And I that's hard because I know that my previous experience colored my impression of this a lot. But I will say that my biggest issue with it was just that like I said, I love that it was an inclusive cast and this, that, and the other, but they just really didn't have the vocalists to make a lot of these songs that could be yeah. just absolutely devastating. Like, they just didn't have right. the capacity to make them transcendent in a way that I wanted it to be, you know? So you wanted a very... Yeah, I I understand that. I see. I was able to accommodate the kind of... the the idea that this is a little more uh it like cabaret mm-hmm. and you know they're not singer that that a cabaret performer isn't per se a singer as much as just a entertainer or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. like Marlena Dietrich or something not really you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I and so that that didn't interrupt me you know it didn't but it but i could see if if my frame was that that uh this has got to be sort of vocal virtuosity and i want that well i guess i I guess it's not that i wanted vocal virtuosity but i guess i wanted the the vocals to match the characterization and i think that they did a good job with characterization but the vocals just Mm. didn't match Mm -hmm. so i guess Mm -hmm. if if i wanted that if they were going to be a little bit grittier and a little bit hungrier yeah i see then the vocals wouldn't have bothered me so much but because it was sort of a well-fed cabaret if that makes sense (laughs) like you know they're they're young healthy looking students who look 20 and they look happy and healthy and you can have a cabaret that's a happy healthy cabaret i Mm -hmm. guess but Mm -hmm. like 
at that yeah, point, like, true. I really want some face melting belt. Right. And I did not get that. Yeah. So I that that form didn't quite match. I see. Okay. That's fair. Definitely. Uh, well, it it was it was something, and I know that uh, the people I went with were definitely impacted by it. So that's that's great. That's a success. And then I went and saw Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, tell me about Notre that. Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, at PCPA in the Outdoor Solvang Theater Fest, and it was beautiful. You know, it's they really do a set of the Cathedral of Notre Dame. That's incredible. Which I know so pretty. It was really pretty. So you have so many opportunities with the light, and then they realize these gargoyle characters from the cathedral in Notre Dame. So Cosimodo spends all his time alone mm-hmm. with the statues, mm-hmm. and he only talks to the statues mm-hmm. and to his uncle, who I don't even think he knows that's his uncle, but the sort of head, um, not the bishop, but the kind of the head of the church there who is a repressive, authoritarian, horrible human being. Right. Whereas my daughter referred to him, the church guy. (laughs) The church guy was evil. (laughs) And uh, so they use these kind of masks for the chorus that are stone, big stone, the the gargoyles in the statuary that's at Notre Dame that he talks to as his friends. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. cool. It was very, you know, theatrical. And and they did such a good job with those masks. Mm -hmm. So visually, it was kind of fun to check out. And, you know, the acting is good. Les Miserables 2, which is another Victor Hugo story made into a musical. I think Les Mis and this show both have in common a kind of meandering plot. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not... Not it's not like an arc of action that escalates to a high point and then de- exactly you know it's yeah. kind of what's the like, conflict? Well, I couldn't really fathom the conflict until I was done with. It. I mean, there were a lot of little conflicts, but what was kind of pulling it all together when it was over and done with? I think it was, and this is my interpretation. Please email me if you see it and you have a different thought. <laughs> uh, was about the population or the people of Paris and how cruel they are hmm. to Cosimodo in particular, but just their, their cruelty. What, what is Cosimodo's deal? What does he do? Yeah. Is he like, Oh, he rings bells. Oh, he's the bell ringer. He's I the bell it. ringer, but he also maintains the bells. Okay. And, uh, so how is he then a public figure? Out. If that's what he does, he's not, he, he so hides people. Well, there's this one day he decides to go out. Oh, I see. I see. Well, there's a big parade or there's a big goings on in the town Got it. and he decides to leave Notre Dame, even though his uncle, the church guy has said, don't ever leave, mm-hmm. you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't, 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 don't. So he decides to go outside and it's the, the feast of the fool, fools, the okay. king of fools day where everything's inverted. So they make him the king of the fools, but then they start throwing rocks at him. Uh. And Esmeralda intervenes and that's when he sort of becomes smitten with Esmeralda. But Esmeralda, everyone becomes smitten with Esmeralda, which becomes a huge problem and conflict. But I think the central conflict is that the, the, 
the people can't accept anything different. Mm -hmm. And then through interacting with Esmeralda, who's a gypsy. Right. And, and Cosimodo, uh, they, they kind of shift, they kind of grow as a society. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the director and the shape of the production, I won't give away the ending, but the way they kind of shaped it, I would say that's what they were going for. Hmm. Okay. And everything else was just sort of a minor, more minor conflict. Well, did you enjoy it? Do you recommend it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I always recommend bringing a jacket and a little blankie. Oh, is this, Uggs, this if you is have outside. them, this is their outdoor oh, theater. Oh, I love yeah, you gotta theater. you gotta snuggle up. Yeah, definitely, because I think it dropped to about fifty nine or something. Ooh, that's cold. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a little cold. I mean, I was fine because you know I don't go without layers, many layers, layers, and uh, they had a great event beforehand too, which you guys should ch- catch next year if you've missed it was it their big opening of their summer season yeah it was like a summer it was called Summerfest, and they had uh wineries and breweries and restaurants bring their goods and and there was that was an extra ticket but it was it was really good uh extra thing but worth it and really fun you they have that little courtyard with seats it's great so yeah go see tromp up to solvang and then my daughter's really looking forward to them doing Mamma Mia, ah, the yes. ABBA musical, which I've never seen. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't. Uh, so that'll be oh, new and different. Ready. Yeah. It will be new and different. It's it's ABBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fluffy. Yeah. It's about what you would expect it to be. Mamma Mia. It's a two-hour long music video. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Always an enjoyable time. It's a live time. video. It yeah. is a live. It's just yeah. basically a concert with... Yeah. Some character names. Yeah. Well, some people that we love, that we collect, both of us really like, were mm-hmm. in Hunchback. Oh, who? Well, Eric Stein played oh, the great. evil church guy. Of course. The evil Frollo. church guy. Frollo. Frollo, which, which sounds like a Tolkien character, yeah, right? Like a lost hobbit. It sounds like a Frollo, cross between where are you? like a hobbit and like a candy. Yes. Rollo, Frollo. <laughs> Frollo, where'd you go? It's, it's a dog. Like, it's like a furry candy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, George Walker mm-hmm. was playing the King of the Gypsies. Who played the Hunchback? A visiting actor. Oh, okay. okay. But he, he was very good. Awesome. Um, he and was, who played Esmeralda? Well, you Do know, you she... Let me... I'm going to have to pause you on that. I don't know. Okay. But she is one of their resident okay. actors. Okay. But I, I don't think I've seen her in as many things. Got but it. she was she was super. And she actually, the Esmeralda cal- uh, character and characterization was was much more complex than I kind of remembered it being. Oh. So I don't know if that was them pushing on that. Probably was. Wait, I found the Esmeralda page. Amani Dor. Hmm. Dorn. Amani Dorn. Yeah, she was good. <laughs> yeah. Frollo. What a name. That's not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um all right well let's talk about upcoming seasons hither and yon yeah let's do it who has announced their upcoming season um almost everybody That's so exciting maybe even ucsb but we're not we're not we sure about that find it we can't find so it 
We're going to have to wait on that. It's hiding on the interwebs. I'm positive that it's been announced. I just can't find it anywhere. Yeah, okay. So they're doing something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, probably some plays, whatever. Okay, so I'm going to throw some some of what they're going to do at City College at you. Tell me, tell me. And, all right. Okay, Greece is coming up. (sighs) July, your favorite. I am not pleased with that. But that's fine. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I guess it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, somebody on Twitter who I follow, but who has nothing to do with theater, not a theater person, mm-hmm. like said something like, um, the movie Grease is lame and its message is stupid. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. That's true. That is true. I'm on, I'm on board with that tweet. Yes. Well, and as we've discussed, like it doesn't, it's kind of an unfair piece because it just really doesn't give women any good parts. Right. right. And I mean... You know, yeah, Rizzo gets that one good song. But other than that, like, you're like, here you go, ladies of theater. Go yeah. ahead and be props for yeah dipshit men. Exactly. Yeah. And then people are going to watch you and not think about it and just be like, that's great. And I, I just, I can't. Yeah. I, I'm so done with that. Like, I'm just yeah. so done with it. There are so many better plays. plays. Yeah, why? Why do that? Why? One? There's no good, re- there's absolutely no good reason to do Grease except... It's a lazy choice because you think that the audience is lazy and it'll sell tickets. And granted, the audience generally is pretty lazy, but that's still not like falling back on that for me is not a reason to do a production. Right. So, all right. Well, okay. So after that, Mm -hmm. uh, in October, Ken Ludwig's The Games Afoot, a comic murder mystery. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know... You know, the culture cannot get enough of Sherlock Holmes right now. That's, have you noticed that? No, I have noticed it's that. It's everywhere. I can, I've gotten enough. You're done. I'm done. Yeah. Harvey is uh, in February. That, or actually, that, that'll should probably March. be cute. Yeah, but, but yeah, that is a cute, it's a great movie. I remember liking that. Yeah, that's not a bad choice. Then in April, it doesn't say, or I'm not seeing who's directing it, but Significant Other by Joshua Harmon, who wrote Bad Jews. Right. Okay. So that could be good. That could be good. I do like, I did like Bad Jews. I liked Joshua Harmon's work. Yeah. He's witty. Yeah. Yeah. And that- he's quick. He's got good modern cadence going on. Yes, definitely, because he's pre- he's pretty young and and he has that nice you know American vernacular speech. It's yeah, good. It, it's like when I saw Bad Jews and when I read Bad Jews, I really felt like I was in conversation that was layered and mm-hmm. complex, and yeah. it was moving forward. And these things were happening that were both surprising but also inevitable. Right. So I I, I love the playwright, and I'm glad that we're going to get to see another yeah. one of his works. He's still writing good. So okay, they're, they're so there we go. They're two for four. Yeah. Well, hey, not bad. Hey, fifty percent. Um, <laughs> we don't expect to love and look forward to everything. No, I mean I don't. Not. I I'm know. I'm a person with things I like yeah. and things I don't. Oh, definitely. There's plays that I like and there's plays mm-hmm. that I don't. And yeah. Like, and they're but they're serving everyone or they're you know sure. whatever. Yeah, that's right. a season that that yeah. Okay. Okay. So Ensemble has announced its season and it's selling tickets right now for its okay. subscribers. And they are starting out with one I like School for Lies by David Ives, based on the misanthrope. That'll be good. That'll I do be good. Like but David Ives. the challenge. Okay. So this is what I'm going to want to see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want it to be better than the misanthrope, which is already Ooh. really <laughs> not. There's nothing wrong with the misanthrope, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
how is that gonna get better? It'll be, I mean, I do love David Ive, so I actually expect to like it in a different way or a new way, but that'll be interesting. What? So tell me about the misanthrope. What? I don't know the misanthrope. Oh, it's about, uh, it takes place during the reign of King Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King, which is when it was written by Moliere or Jean-Baptiste de Pocillon. Ah, okay. And he, uh, the, the main character is sick of lying all the time because he's, he, he is a courtier mm. and as part of being a courtier, you have to kiss up to the king, kiss up to everyone, everyone, okay. including the king. And so he decides that he's going to tell the truth. Just no matter what anyone says or asks of him, he's going <laughs> to tell them exactly what he thinks. And of course, this gets him into progressively deeper, trouble. deeper trouble. Yeah, and no one really thinks this is flattering so. Is the David happy. Ives version that will bring it into, or are we yeah, still going to be in the in the old front in old France? I well, I I don't know. I haven't read the David okay. Ives, okay. so I don't know. But that'll. I hope he leaves it in France. I okay. bet he will. Okay, because it kind of. I mean, you could take it out of the court, but we don't really have those same social contexts. Maybe like a the Trump administration, though. Oh, there like you, go. you better like a, lie like about this orange big guy. Business, like if you're employed yeah. for like yeah, a you're definitely company. lying all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's well, we'll see. So that'll be fun. That'll that be that starts their season That's in great. October. Then we have the Legend of Georgia McBride, which is by Matthew Lopez. Takes place in the Florida Panhandle, and it's about a hey. Elvis impersonator. Yes. Okay. Oh my god, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> it's pretty. I'm 100. That's a Maggie show. <laughs> <laughs> Panhandle Elvis I impersonator. I feel like there's a drag queen. Drag in queen. Yes. There is. There's an aging, no better aging drag queen. Oh my god, yeah. this is gonna be my new favorite yeah. play of all it, time. It probably will be. Then here's a creaky one. I don't know how I feel. Okay. Right? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Death of a salesman. <sighs> all right. I mean, all right. Remember how salty I was about um, Crucible, which yeah. I ended up, ended up loving. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we are getting like a whole lot of like. It's Miller time. It is Miller time. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting like the whole, whole Miller education mm-hmm. here. I know. And, that's, and it's a tough one because like if you blow it, you blow it. And, mm. and, and it's one of those things where because everybody in the world it knows has it, heard seen of it, this, read it. Yeah, they yeah. know something about it or they think they know something about it. You got to do something new Ugh. and amazing with it because otherwise people are going to, you know, and not just people like us right. who are yeah. very particular about <clears throat> our theater, but you just get like random people who are like, I came to see a show and I didn't like it. And I feel that I have an opinion because I've heard of this play, <laughs> which is, you know. So I don't Fair know, enough. That's, a, that's tough. That's a tough choice. Yeah, plus I don't know how well this play ages, frankly. <laughs> um, yeah, because, you know, in The Crucible, you have this allegorical contour mm-hmm. to it, so you can just keep doing that play. Right. Because it never gets old. It's always the the witches in Salem and it's 1600. But <sighs> Death of a Salesman such a special moment in the – Post World War Two era, yeah. and he's his little white boy tragedy of oh, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, it, move, let's move on. Yeah, 
Everything is illuminated I by don't I don't know that one either, but it's based on the novel by Jonathan Safran Farr. Okay. So we have Jonathan, a young Jewish American writer, travels to the Ukraine to seek out a woman who saved him saved his grandfather from the Nazis. Hmm. So okay, so okay. No, more Nazis. Yeah. Well or something. Yeah. 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 Tis the season again. Tis, <laughs> uh, Tis the administration. <laughs> lots of Nazis. Uh, yeah. So many themes dancing lessons so that's their last show they like okay, to do yeah. something kind of light and happy light and happy something and this one though oh, okay a little scary a young for me a young man with asperger's asks his neighbor a broadway dancer whose career has been sidelined by an injury to teach him enough dance moves so he can survive an appearance at an awards dinner <sighs> self-discovery ensues so I guess my question for that is like, and this is not a production question. This is a playwright question. Mm-hmm. But like, why does he have to have Asperger's? I know. Like what? The, I yeah. feel like they put that so prominently in the description that it's sort of like an explanation of why the play is happening. Like, well, he has Asperger's. He's broken. It's like, that's not true. That's just like a way of being in the world. And I don't buy, right. immediately buy that that is a reason for a play to happen because a person yeah. is a little different. <laughs> right. Like, like, he's in a wheelchair. The, what's the he conflict? has cancer. Yeah, like, he, what is the yeah. conflict there? Like, people live in the world with Asperger's or related things right. without having that be a conflict in their life, necessarily. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's kind of... I think Aristotle would use the word cheap. Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> it's it's kind of cheap. cheap. It's sort of like it's being a little... like... The conflict is that a character is female. It's like, yeah. that's not a conflict anymore. <laughs> Stop right. using that. Like, right. Just right. because it's like sort of a buzzword. Like, is it a good play if he if he's just a guy who needs to yeah. figure out how to dance Maybe, at an award yeah, dinner? Exactly. Maybe he's just a dude who is yeah. a little mm-hmm. awkward because he doesn't know how to right. dance and he's never had and, and Asperger's. So he's he's that, feeling weird about it. That term isn't even used by clinicians anymore. It's it's an inaccurate term. And yeah, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. Okay, I'm my feathers slightly ruffled by dancing <laughs> lessons by Mark Saint Germain. I mean, it's it's used in the sort of popular parlance to mean kind of autism light, but which again, I'm like, I know. yeah, what? I know, right. not right. a fan, yeah. not not thrilled. Moving on, mm-hmm. so out of the box, tell us about what out of the box Ooh, is doing. Okay, so out of the box is doing in the fall we are doing the new musical amelie which is based on the movie that darling movie was uh sort of my college experience was that you would know what gender of dorm room you were standing in based on the posters on the wall and it it was a male it was a reservoir dogs poster (laughs) and if it was a female it was an amelie poster because that was just like the year uh, i don't know for some reason those were the movies that everybody at college touched down in the early 2000s that's what people were watching it into so i'm excited to see it um as done as a musical and it's it's very whimsical and cute. There's going to be a lot of puppetry because she has, uh, you know, her whole deal is that she's sort of in her own kind of imaginative world. Yeah. And so she like has conversations with like her goldfish and things. So yeah. Uh, hey, it's gonna- like it's like Hunchback of Notre Dame, there Notre Dame, where he talks a- to the statues. Oh, there you right? go. Right, same yeah. difference, yeah. kind of. Definitely. So, and there's like a lawn gnome that goes traveling around the oh, world. That's right. And so that'll be interesting. We're going to have a possibly we're uh, in discussion with uh, Christina McCarthy, who's the uh, choreographer over at UCSB to uh, maybe make some of the puppets and, and teach Ooh. 
and teach our actors how to, uh, you know, manipulate these puppets. So that'll be fun. That'll be an interesting thing that we have not done before. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Cool. And then, and this is one that we fought for really, really hard. And we finally got the rights to do it. In the spring, we're going to do Fun Home. Hmm. And I'm very excited about that. That yeah. was big on Broadway a couple of years ago. Right. And it's um, a young, well, it's a, it's a woman who is thinking back on her life and how as a child, her father was uh, in the closet, a gay man who was in the closet because it was the seventies, and he was, but he was married, and he had the he had three children, and she grows up and discovers that she's a lesbian, and then he kills himself, not because of her, but I right. think that the the point is is that she comes out and and he has this experience of you know your life, you have the availability to have this complete other uh, experience that that I cannot have, and I it really see. affects him, and yeah, uh, so it's but it's a beautiful musical, it's it's dark and but very like rife with yeah. meaning and emotion so i'm really looking forward to that it's yeah. gonna be good good and, music. and yeah. the music i hear good things excellent music. Music. and the soundtrack is available at our local library i know that oh, at the broadway yeah, version. yeah check yeah. it out it's start listening yeah, it's fantastic so that's what's coming up with out of the box okay i think um i think we've hit them oh no we haven't talked about pcpa yet oh yeah tell me what's coming up at pcpa Good question, Maggie. <laughs> As she puts, consult uh, your program. Let's see what they've got. I know they're doing Vanya, Masha, Spike, and <laughs> and the rest of the Russians. <laughs> Such a dumb play. I'll pass on that one. <laughs> Oh, and Mamma Mia, as we right, talked right. about. We talked about that. <laughs> then they're doing Arcadia, which is one of my favorite plays. I'm looking forward to that. That's yeah. a, Arcadia's yeah. going to be fun. That'll be August, uh, very beginning yeah, of September, out. right? Cool. Okay, so next season, though, uh-huh. they're doing um, the... Sh- well, in Santa Maria, they're doing Shakespeare in Love. Ah, uh, yes. But that's only in only up there. And up there, uh, meaning Santa Maria, they're doing The Wolves, right? Oh, By yes. Sarah Delap. So we have yes. to, even though it's a track a bit, we can hit the fabric store on the way up. Great. Right? And the, um, we got to see that. Yes. Oh, I definitely want to see that. That yeah. is the sort of play. And I think that this was on uh, the New York Times. Yes, they're listed list the 25 best American plays after Angels in America. Right. And, and the kind of their list sort of follows the vein of Angels in America being like kind of socially aware or right. like David. I- you won't find David Ives on that list, <laughs> even though he's a, is, a great is, American playwright. Is so. Greece on there? Uh, I, I guess that's pre Angels in America. Oh, yeah. Me. Yeah. Okay, it's just so timely. It was so that close, I, though. I forget. So close. Um, so The Wolves is about a. Uh, a high school soccer team, right? The girls on yes. a high school soccer yes. team. Yes, and oof, that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be good. Like there is nothing more terrifying to me than like really frighteningly driven, like get, like success at all costs, like teenagers. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they they understand obsession. Those yeah. people, they really do. I so mean, that'll be that'll be. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. No, we're gonna check that out for sure. Uh, a Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. All right, I'm sold. I, I really want to see that. I know. That one That's I want to see, too. Good. Yeah, even though we kind of, uh, we're not sure how we feel about the humorous musical detective story, <laughs> but 
There's always an exception. <laughs> There's always an exception. Uh, mil- okay, and then these are next coming up next summer. So those, or that one was too. Um, next summer, Million Dollar Quartet. Oh, that's another. See, I don't know that. See, that's the thing with uh, Elvis and. Oh, and yes, right. It's more Elvis. Elvis and. Johnny Cash, Johnny maybe. Johnny Cash and the Big Bopper. Yeah, it's a bunch Jerry. of. It's a, they all met yeah. and they did this fabulous recording, yeah. but it was never produced. So you had to buy like a bootleg tape, tape of it or right. something. Or go to the Mary, or, or go to the yeah, <laughs> Sofang Festival Theater that's, in that's July. That's kind of a crowd pleaser. Okay. All right. I was not hip to that one. And then they're doing the Adams Family. Cute. That's a cute show. It is a cute show. My son was in that. Yeah. They just did that at DP. Yeah. And the importance of being earnest. Ah, yes. It is so important to be earnest. That is a perfect comedy. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a classic. Perfect, it's a classic. That's perfectly that engineered comedy. See. Yes. I, I'm looking of, of that little list there. I think the wolves, the importance of being earnest. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest musical theater fan, so. Can always sort of I'll skip over the, the other ones. No, I, I, they're fine. I'm just <laughs> never like yes. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I will say though that the newer the musical is, the more I tend to like it. I do mm. feel mm-hmm. like like I was discussing uh, Carousel the other day with Shad because he was like, "This seems to be like kind of a weird play. Like I don't know anything about it, but this is the impression that I've gotten." Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of trying to explain that so many of these older plays, they just they kind of turn on these concepts that audiences no longer are willing to ignore and they're very distracting. So you get something that is like, oh, well, this character is just kind of okay with spousal abuse. (laughs) You know, like, I think that maybe in the 30s people were like, well, it's a thing. Yeah. But now people are like, whoa, 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 this is, you're just going to throw this out there and then this isn't the main thing. This is just a thing that we just let go. And and it's distracting and it, it... Like they're doing Peter Pan... Only in Santa Maria, so I didn't mention it, but oh, yeah. um, Peter Pan has huge problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and m- I do think the audiences are more and more like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, with the cowboys and Indian yeah. savages and the what, <laughs> you know? Wait, what? (laughs) I mean... Yeah, there's definitely some things that I think when you leave them in and don't address them, they just become really jarring Yeah, for a modern audience, which is why I think that... I mean, it's great to do these because it's always good to get a full canon of the theatrical experience, you know, from from the very, very old to the very, very new. But I think that too many people Mm -hmm. think that the only way to get the non-theater people audiences is to, you know, keep redoing these old classics yeah. because they're recognizable. But it's like, they're also you know, very it's problematic. Short, it's a this, short game. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not really going to build new audiences with this. Right. So, I don't know. Well, gosh, I'm feeling that one kind of cuts to the bone because I'm going to be directing As You Like It oh, soon. Hey. Which is actually not problematic at, at all. I, I mean, there's no real problematic gender dynamics in it or or it's kind of a female forward very, Shakespeare. Very. Yeah. Very. That's gonna be, it's probably yeah, that's his gonna be most Tell me about your vision. Well, it's still articulating, but because it, I have to find out more about um the parameters of the production. But um, you know, I I intend to kind of explore the the idea of nature being a uh, 
a healing place Mm -hmm. and the limits Mm -hmm. of nature's ability to kind of heal us Mm -hmm. all or Mm -hmm. sort of this belief that it's a panacea, uh, which I think is offered by the text and then kind of critiqued as well. So is, you know, every kind of love is in the play. And, and some of those ideas of romantic love, like especially the ones, the courtiers of Elizabethan England had, that was a very, very inflated, lofty ideal of the lover, the female lover, especially, and kind of taking that apart. You know, one Mm -hmm. of the things Rosalind does is Orlando's in love with her, but she kind of forces him to shift his perception of what love is. Right. And... So, yeah, those are my goals. Um, how I'm going to realize those goals, I'm not really sure yet. Okay. Completely. Because I've got time. That's but exciting process. I know. So, so that's in October, yes. Yeah, that's in October. Okay. And auditions, for those of you who maybe want to audition, please come audition, are mid-August. So, awesome. Yeah. Date, precise date to be determined, but mid- mid-August. And did I tell you my big news? I'm getting a surger. So, oh, if you need oh, some costuming gosh. help, I'm available with my surgery. You have oh, surgery on the way. <laughs> I cannot even wait. I, I'm worried that our audience doesn't even know what a surgery is and <laughs> why a, a person would be excited about getting one. <laughs> it's a magic sewing machine. It is. You it think cuts. your regular sewing machine? It cuts is, and sews. It cuts and huh? sews and does this fancy little thing and it's got like eight bobbles all over it and it's just strings everywhere. Uh-huh. And it's recreational to do. For yeah. some reason, there's so much joy in surging a seam. There is. <laughs> oh, my God. And just it lays flat and your everything know, just looks I know. Polished. Better. Finish all those edges. Finish yes. all those edges, edges with the pretty surge. Officially snatched. Okay. Well, I- I'm going to wait till you get through your honeymoon period with your <laughs> surger. This is the Petrarchan mode that you're still in, the <laughs> Elizabethan courtier. My surger. Surges like no other surger. <laughs> And we'll let we'll let it break down a few times uh, on you, where yeah. you rethread it and curse, and I'll let you, you get just through end those up with stages. A big, like wad of yeah, of goo, gooey thumb. <laughs> it's with the manufacturer being refurbished. <laughs> I'll wait wait till you go through a few of those stages, and then I'll come and surge. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, but I do love a surger. You know, no one's more appreciative than <laughs> well, I. me. Surger, a sous surger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maggie. Well, let's close out. All right, we did it. And dads and grads. Dads and grads. Congratulations to our music producer, Miles Austin. Just graduated. With with all the all the fancies. With all the fancies, all the fancies and all the stuff. So good job. Underachiever, Miles Austin. And <laughs> if you are interested in auditioning 
or getting more involved, email us, mm-hmm. find us mm-hmm. on the web. We have information about all the plays, all That's the people, right. all the things, right. and we want to get you involved. And we are definitely holding auditions. Yes, for, for Shakespeare in the Park. We are, we are. Come audition mid August. So get your monologue going. And we will get you in there. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thanks, Maggie. Bye-bye. Bye bye.